Hey friends, and welcome to episode 114 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. And today's episode is all about how you're spending your time during your off hours, the time when you're not on the clock, your evenings, your weekends, pretty much the times of day when you're hoping to be in family mode or friends mode, but definitely not work mode. A lot of the time when we think about time management, we tend to focus on how we're spending our time at work, how we can get more done in less time, how we can time block or task batch our way to an empty to-do list at the end of the day. But the thing is, time management doesn't stop when the clock strikes five or whenever it is you consider yourself to be done for the day. If we don't watch out, it's easy to move from work mode to our off hours without actually turning off all of the work thoughts running through our heads. That can cause us to feel distracted. It can make us want to check in on our phones constantly to make sure we're not missing something. And it can lead to long hours of working because you never officially created a stopping point for your day. And this This can harm relationships and affect your overall health and well-being. In order to tend to our relationships, whether that's with your husband, partner, significant other, kids, family, friends, we've got to be present. We give our attention to what we care about. And when our attention is divided between work and the ones we love, well, we're not really caring for either with our whole selves. So today, I'm talking about how you can be more present during your downtime. You'll hear what it really looks like to set boundaries between work and your personal time, and I'll share a simple routine you can use at the end of each day to shift your mindset and close the open loops. And then finally, I'll talk about how to know when you've just got to cut your losses and just get a new job already. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes. And today's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 114. I've also got you covered if you want to start stepping into each week feeling calm and prepared and you'd like to end each week feeling accomplished and proud. If that sounds like a dream, trust me, it's not too good to be true. It just takes getting a game plan. Get a game plan is my simple three-step process for winning your week before it starts. It was created to help go-getters like you make a personalized plan for your time and step into every week feeling calm, prepared, and ready for anything. If that's the feeling you are looking for, and if you'd like my signature three-step process for having more clarity and living with intention, I invite you to enroll and get a game plan, three steps to design your winning week. You can head to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash game plan, and the link is in the show notes. And in less than an hour, you can get your priorities straight, design your winning week, and set up your weekly game plan to win your week before it starts. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. 
You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Parkinson's law states that work expands to fill the time allotted. This basically means that if we give ourselves an hour to do something and we seriously have to finish it within an hour, that we'll find a way to use the whole hour to get whatever it is done. Parkinson's law is why so many of us say that we work well under pressure. We know there's a deadline coming, which means we've got a limited amount of time to get something done. So we pull out all the stops and we get it done. When we've got all the time in the world and the deadline seems far away, maybe we'll spend a little time here or there, but once the deadline gets really close, we'll buckle down and make it happen. So if work expands to fill the time allotted, but there's no end point in sight, there's no stop time, no boundary, no clear deadline. That means that work expands and expands and expands. It creeps into our thoughts when we're having dinner. Maybe we feel compelled to check email constantly, just in case. We worry about the status of projects or we sneak back over to our laptop to just finish something up real quick. Or maybe we just plop down with a laptop in front of the TV and try to split our attention between Netflix and the project on our screen, and we scroll our phone every few minutes for good measure, not really focusing on anything. After a while, it can start to feel like we're working all the time and that our work-life balance is off balance, even though we're not exactly getting more done for work. So we feel like we're working all the time, but there's always work to be done. It feels confusing and frustrating. So how can we flip the switch and start feeling more present during our downtime and less distracted by everything waiting for us when we get back to our laptops? Here are three ways that you can feel more present during your downtime. Setting clear boundaries, using a shutdown routine, and finding a new job. And yes, I know that the third one is a little dramatic, but difficult times call for difficult measures. And I'll explain why and when this is something to consider later in the episode. But first, setting clear boundaries. I hear so often from time management coaching clients that I just need better boundaries. And it's something that's really easy to say. But what exactly does it mean to have better boundaries? You can physically draw a line in the sand. You can see the boundaries of a city or a state or a country on a map. But what does having better boundaries actually look like in real life? When things are invisible and unclear, of course it's impossible to stick to them. If you feel like you don't have clear boundaries, you might have fallen into the same conundrum experienced by many professionals these days. You've let someone else set your boundaries for you. I'm going to use work as an example, but the same thing can be applied to family relationships and even volunteer commitments. When you let your work set your boundaries 
for you, you're letting someone else decide when you're available and how you'll respond. And this someone else could be your boss or it could be your clients who are running the show. And it's not surprising that this would happen to any of us. It's the way we were raised. Think back to when we were in middle school and high school. Boundaries were set for us. We were given a schedule and we were told where to be and when. After school activities set our evening schedules and we honestly didn't have to think all that much about the flow of our days. We just showed up. First we went to English, then chemistry, and so on. Now that we're adults and we have control over how we spend our time, so many of us are still living in that default high school mode of just doing what you're told without asking questions. Following a schedule set for you by someone else instead of stopping to ask yourself what you really want and how you want to spend your time. And then after we let someone else, our workplace, our boss, our clients, whatever, after we let someone else make the rules for us, we get frustrated when they overstep or when they push too far or when they ask for something that we're not comfortable with. I'm certainly not suggesting that your boss or your clients are just waiting to walk all over you and take advantage of your time. But if you let someone else into the driver's seat of your life, don't be surprised when you don't like the direction your time is taking. So if you feel like you've let someone else set your boundaries and it's affecting how you show up outside of work hours, here's what you can do. First, you've got to make some decisions. And I get it. Making decisions can be really hard. It's one of the reasons why it's so easy to fall into letting someone else make them for us. Ask yourself, what am I willing to do for work when my work hours end? And on the flip side, what am I not willing to do? Are you willing to check email one last time at 8 p.m. just in case? Are you willing to answer work calls? Are you willing to respond to messages for a select few priority clients? Are you not willing to cancel dinner plans to work on something for a client? Are you not willing to miss bath time and bedtime stories with your kids to jump on a call with your boss? What's on the table and what's off limits? Put those decisions into words. Write them down on a piece of paper or type them up in a Google Doc. But when you get them out of your head and you articulate them, this is what makes them feel more real. Again, it is hard to stick to boundaries when you can't see them like that line in the sand. Now that you've articulated what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do, what do you need to communicate and get set up in order to stick to those boundaries? Do you need to communicate with your boss, your team, or your assistant that you won't be responding to emails between the hours of 6 p.m. and 9 a.m.? Do you need to communicate with your clients that while they're welcome to message you at any time convenient for them, that you will respond during your business hours, which are between the hours of 9 and 5, Monday through Thursday? Are there any automations you need to set up or programs you need to invest in to make sticking to these boundaries easier? So for example, I use a program called Dubsado to help manage inquiries from potential new clients. 
After they enter their information using a form on my website, they automatically receive a message letting them know I've got their note and when they can expect to receive a response from me. They have the confirmation that I've received their message, which they can send at any time, and I don't have to lift a finger or spend additional time in the evenings in my inbox if I choose not to. Do you need to set up an email autoresponder that sets expectations for when people can expect to hear from you? You know, email autoresponders aren't just for vacations and out-of-office messages. So many of the most successful business owners I know keep an autoresponder up all the time. So they're consistently... Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Setting expectations for those who reach out. And finally, once your boundaries are articulated, communicated with others, and you've got the technology you need in place to help you stick to them, you've got to add your boundary to your calendar. Again, we want to make your boundaries visible. So consider adding a recurring time block in your calendar called quitting time or shutdown or whatever each day. When you can clearly see this endpoint, Parkinson's law goes into effect and you've got a clearly visible endpoint so work can stop expanding. All right, here's the second strategy for being more present during your downtime. Set up a shutdown routine. Once you know your boundaries, you can create a successful shutdown routine. A shutdown routine is one of the five essential routines that can help you show up as your best self. 
Those five essential routines are your morning routine, which helps you transition from sleep to getting your day going. An evening routine, which helps you wind down for a good night's sleep. A weekly planning session that gives you a bird's eye view of your week ahead so you can win your week before it starts. Your workday startup routine, which helps you transition into the workday. And finally, your shutdown routine, which helps you wind down the workday and transition from being in work mode to being in not work mode. I love the example of Mr. Rogers. Remember at the beginning of every episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, he'd walk into his house and he'd get settled in. He'd take off his outside jacket and he'd put on his cardigan. He'd take off his outside shoes and put on his inside shoes. He was doing a physical routine that resulted in a mental mindset shift. He was shifting from outside mode to inside mode, being at home. Your shutdown routine isn't meant to be something long and complicated. It's just a few simple steps that help you bring yourself in for a landing and turn off your work brain for the rest of the evening. If you've ever been frustrated with yourself for being constantly distracted with thoughts of what's left on your to-do list and what you need to do tomorrow, you're going to be happy to know that you're not alone. And it helps to know about the Zagarnik effect. So the Zagarnik effect was discovered by a psychologist named Bluma Zagarnik. Basically, she discovered that our brains don't really worry about things that we finished, things that we've marked off our to-do list, we're done with them, and so our brain just kind of moves on. That seems like a no-brainer, pun intended. But she also discovered that our brain continues to focus on unfinished tasks interrupting our thoughts to remind us that they're unfinished, which is super annoying. It's why we worry, and it's why we can't help but think about ongoing work things when we're supposed to be spending quality time with our family or just relaxing. These unfinished tasks, you know, the stuff that's left on our to-do list or bouncing around in our heads as being undone, they're often called open loops. And we keep cycling through these open loops until we close them. Well, a shutdown routine helps you close the loops without finishing the whole project so you can focus on other things without cycling through everything that's left undone. We hear a lot about the mental load, the invisible load or emotional labor that many women and especially moms carry. Part of what makes that mental load so difficult is that our thoughts are constantly bombarded with things that are unfinished. Are we out of toilet paper? Did I sign that permission slip? What's the status of the Smith account? Do I need to make a reservation for next week? Oh, I guess we should get a babysitter too. When should we start planning for our vacation? Do I have enough vacation days? It's unending. While I could and should do a separate episode just on how to navigate the mental load, we're going to zero in on work tasks specifically. With an effective shutdown routine, at least one of the steps should include reviewing your to-do list and noting the status of outstanding projects. Then you decide what you'll do tomorrow or Monday if you're doing this on a Friday. This signals to your brain that you've reached a stopping point. It closes the open loop. It tells yourself that you're done. 
So you're able to shift your mindset to non-work things without those open loops constantly popping up and distracting you. Here's an example that Alyssa Jenkins of the podcast Hustle Humbly shared with me recently. Alyssa's a realtor, but not just any realtor. She's a very successful, high-volume realtor who is managing a large portfolio of clients at any given moment. Realtors are notorious for struggling with boundaries and the need to be on call at all times, especially during this crazy real estate market that we've experienced in the past few years. Here's what Alyssa does to be firm with her boundaries and be present with her family in the evenings. Whenever she pulls into the parking lot at daycare, she pulls out her phone and opens up her email. And then she responds to every single outstanding email with something like, Hey there, I got your message. I'll send you that first thing tomorrow. Or, hey there, I would love to work with you. I'll send more information on how we can get started first thing tomorrow. Alyssa's closing the loops and setting expectations before getting out of her car to get her little ones from daycare. She's shifting her mindset to time with her family. Is every house sold? No. Is every buyer under contract? Also no. Do emergencies occasionally pop up that have to be attended to? Of course. But by being proactive and setting expectations, those emergencies are few and far between. So at this point, you might be thinking, Anna, this would never work for me. My boss expects me to be available 24-7. If I don't drop everything and respond, I risk losing my job. Or maybe I work in an industry that requires me to always be available. So if that's you, I would first ask this. Does your boss really, truly expect you to be available 24-7? Or are you just afraid to set and communicate your boundaries? One of my former time management coaching clients, we'll call her Samantha. Samantha was a VP at a consulting company, and she came to me feeling burned out and ready to quit her job. She was frustrated because her boss needed her to be available 24-7. She was always working and felt like she never got a break. But what Samantha slowly began to realize as we started digging in was that her boss actually didn't have any expectations that she be available 24-7. Her boss didn't need to know when she was working and where she was. Her boss didn't even expect her to respond to emails immediately. Instead, she realized she was placing all of those expectations on herself. And when she defined her own boundaries and stuck to them, the burnout disappeared. And as a result, she has completely flourished in her role. But if you're thinking, no, Anna, my boss really expects me to be available all the time. My industry really is always on. Well, I know exactly how that feels. I spent a decade in the 24-7 world of crisis communication and government affairs. Once, I got sick while my boss was working on a presentation. Fever, chills, the whole nine yards. He'd said earlier in the week that he might need my help. But as the days passed, he never asked for anything. So when I let him know I was sick and needed to go home, he looked up from his desk and said, fine, go. So I went home and went straight to bed. When I returned to work, 
he yelled at me to come to his office. And he told me that moving forward, his expectation was that I sleep under my desk if I'm sick in case he needs me. And that he did, in fact, need my help while I was out sick. Seriously, that actually happened. He decided he didn't need my help until I was gone and then told me to sleep under my desk moving forward. I had another boss who explained on day one, if I send you an email, I expect a response of some sort, even just an acknowledgement within five minutes. And if I call you, you better answer. Was I always on edge when I worked for that boss? Yes. Did I take super short showers for fear of needing to answer the phone mid-shampoo? Also, yes. Those are two very clear situations where communicating my boundaries with my bosses were not an option if I wanted to keep my job. So that's when you consider option three. Find a new job. Find a new industry if you have to. You might have a bad boss. You might be in a toxic work environment. You might be in an industry that was a great fit for you earlier in your career, but it no longer supports the life you want to have. Maybe the long hours of event planning or public relations or wedding photography, whatever. Maybe that was fine when you were younger, but now that you have a family and different goals, you're feeling torn. Maybe your aspirations and your plans have changed, so you're not willing to give your all plus more to your current role. Whatever your situation, before you turn in your two weeks notice, go back to step one. Articulate your boundaries. Set expectations and see what happens. You might find, like Samantha, that you're putting unnecessary expectations on yourself to be available all the time. But you also might find that your employer actually really likes taking advantage of you and that having boundaries doesn't work for them. That's exactly what I found at my last full-time job before I started my business. After my boss expressed that I should be arriving to work at 6 a.m. to get a head start on the day like she did when she was in the role, I knew that we were going to have some conflicting values. After several months of working long hours, long days, and staffing weekend events with no overtime, I defined and articulated my boundaries. I met with my boss and the executive director to communicate those boundaries and share potential solutions. One of those solutions included submitting my resignation so they could find someone else who would be willing to step into the role. And that was the solution they chose. I wished them the best, and now I'm here. If you're thinking about leaving your current job in search of something that fits the life you want to live, I encourage you to first get clear about what exactly that life looks like. Do you want to work remotely? Do you want the camaraderie of an office environment? What are your core values, and how will you know when you've found the right role? And thinking practically, how can you make ends meet if there's a gap between your current job and your new job? Consider building up your savings if you don't already have one so you can have cushion and peace of mind. And there you have it. Yes, it is possible to be more present and turn off work brain when you're not working. It starts with setting clear boundaries and articulating them. Then having a daily shutdown routine helps you close the open loops so you're not constantly thinking about what still needs to be done. 
And finally, if you've tried steps one and two, and your attempt to hold firm to your boundaries is being walked all over by your employer or your clients, it might be time to find a new job or some new clients. So I'd love to know if you found this episode on setting boundaries and being present to be helpful. So head over to the It's About Time podcast community over on Facebook and let us know. You can find it over in the show notes or by going straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 114. And while you're there, don't forget to check out and get a game plan so you can win your week before it starts. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.